0: Welcome back to Tennessee Holler, tnholler.com. I'm Justin Canoe. We have hollers across the state. Thanks to you and your support. Really do appreciate it. Murray Holler, Coffee Holler, Chattanooga, Knoxville. You know where to find them. And uh, that's all thanks to your support. Also, Big shout out to Elisa Parker, who is a big supporter of ours. And if you know anybody buying homes in Tennessee, send them through Elisa. That's a way to support what we do. And also make sure to sign up for our emails, which we send out twice a week. That's a way to stay in the loop on what's going on in Tennessee. Obviously, you're here to talk about something that's going on, not only in Tennessee, but throughout the country. Uh, And we're going to do it with Francie Hunt today, a friend and someone who does a lot of great work here with Tennessee Advocates, Planned Parenthood, Tap. Francie, how are you today?
1: I'm doing well, thank you. How are you?
0: I'm good. I'm I'm sure you're, you know, getting a lot of uh, things coming at you from all different directions right now. So I appreciate you taking the time to do this. Uh, Just to set the stage, I think everybody knows, you know, we had uh a leaked ruling from Supreme Court basically telling us that they're planning to reverse Roe versus Wade uh it was a pretty harshly worded document from Alito that you know I think it was surprising maybe the tone but not surprising in what it's doing I think a lot of people especially here in states like ours have sort of expected this um but the backlash was was strong Yesterday we saw a lot of people turn out all throughout Tennessee. Nashville showed up. Uh, we saw Knoxville show up. Uh, we saw you know, all kinds of speakers and people showing up to make their voices heard and feeling very strongly about the idea that women's reproductive rights are about to be severely limited. And uh, especially in places like Tennessee where we know that they already passed what they call a trigger ban, Which means that as soon as Roe is overturned, it will outlaw abortion in our state and a few other states. And also doctors that perform abortions, that will be a felony in Tennessee. So, you know, that's taking us back. Many decades. It's a dark day, I guess. Before we get into this, and what we're going to do here today is we're going to walk through a messaging doc that Republicans have either leaked or put out. I don't, I don't know what the right way to say it is, and we're going to talk about the points that they make and what the reality is. Uh, But first, I want to hear from Francie. Francie, what were your thoughts when you heard about this ruling coming?
1: Well, it was something that we've been preparing for, and in in some ways, it was a gift in that we were really facing a believability gap. I mean, between what we knew what was about to happen and where the general public was. I mean, polls were indicating that most folks were not aware of what was happening uh, with the Supreme Court. And for for those of us even in our own base, like they just can't believe it. I, I sometimes just can't even believe that it's actually happening, but we had a pretty uh, tremendous believability gap. and now that um the leak has occurred so that people really understand what's at stake i think it's uh, woken a lot of people up
0: absolutely and I, I think it's important for everybody to remember you know this isn't popular uh you know the majority don't want roe versus wade overturned and uh you know this is something that is you know it's it's been the mission of republicans in control for a long time they've been using this to, to motivate people You know i know when i ran for congress this was an issue that came up all the time but it's not popular in the country and you know i i feel like it may motivate a lot of people to turn out and you know hopefully it will uh but you know they've they've been bragging about it i mean the republican house caucus put out this it was today or yesterday just talking about how they already passed the trigger ban and then obviously there's this whole effort to distract from the issue of invading women's rights by focusing on the leak which marsha blackburn has done pointing out you know the leak as an issue we don't know who leaked this whether it was a you know someone inside that wanted to warn people or was it a conservative inside that wanted to you know scare anybody who's going to change their mind away there's been all kinds of theories about where this came from nobody has the answer uh but one thing is for sure Republicans are pointing to the leak as the issue and not the invasion. Uh, you know, we tweeted yesterday. It's like blaming Paul Revere for telling us the British are coming and not worrying about the British. You know, I mean, the the, the real story here is the invasion. And, and you know, would you agree with that, Francie?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I really actually liked how Trevor Noah talked about it on on The Daily Show, that the way they're talking about this leak, that, You know, the Supreme Court should be able to make their own private decisions without any kind of uh, interference Um, really kind of echoes what we're saying about our own bodily autonomy, that these these kinds of decisions that we face in our own lives should be um, ours to decide. So it's it's kind of ironic that they they talk about it in that way.
0: Right. So what we're going to do here and I, I hope this will be useful for anybody watching and feel free to comment along as you watch. Uh, you know, and, and hopefully we can take pieces of this and use it for later. But, you know, there's a lot of myths around this topic, a lot of misinformation around this topic, a lot of talking points around this topic. And, you know, now we actually have this useful document that came out that was from the National Republican, I think, Senate. Uh, I think it was the Senate. So the NRSC, it's like the Senate, the Republican Senate messaging arm. And it's a messaging document that I believe they sent out to all of their members. You can see Senator Rick Scott, chairman at the very top of the document, and then executive director Jackie Schultz, Zekman, I don't know who that is, but this is like an official Republican document that they send out to their members, basically telling them, here's how you should talk about this topic. And, you know, they're not the only ones that do this. I'm sure Democrats send out messaging documents to their own people, but it is useful To get our hands on this, to see how they're talking about these things, so that we can talk about what they're saying, and you know, maybe even help them better understand what's really going on. So, Francie, I thought was the perfect person to come and walk through this with us, and hopefully, this will be useful for everybody. So, we're going to start walking through this, and we can see your comments. So, feel free to comment along. I already saw Joy say, "I'm so scared," which you're not alone. A lot of people are right now. And uh, so, hopefully, we can talk about this in a way that gets to some actual facts here. So, I'm just going to go through it. So, initial takeaways from opinion research. So, this is this means that they've sort of focus group this stuff, and you know, this is how they want their people talking about it based on what they've learned from their focus groups. It says with an eye toward, and I don't think they knew about the leak when this happened. I think this is actually coincidental. So, it says with an eye toward a midsummer Supreme Court decision on the Dobbs versus Jackson. Uh, you know, so there was a decision coming. So this is about that. So this was in anticipation of the decision, but I don't think they knew about the leak. So they've conducted opinion research on abortion to help them address is- the issue and combat attacks from Democrats. While it's still ongoing, the following are their initial takeaways. Um so the first thing they say, Francie, is be the compassionate consensus builder on abortion policy. While people have many different views on abortion policy, Americans are compassionate people who want to welcome every new baby into the world. Now, I guess I'll just stop right there and just say, like, do you agree with that? We we want to welcome every new baby in the world. We are compassionate people. I think that's generally a fair sentence for them to put out there. What do you think?
1: I think that everybody that I come in contact with uh, in our work are doing this work because we do care about young children. My career has been built on um, a foundation of child advocacy. That's how I approach this work. Um, I'm a mother of two children. And so, you know, here within Planned Parenthood, we think that planning a parenthood is incredibly important because it is our. Um, real mission to make sure that every young person can reach their full human potential. And one of the ways that we do that is allowing families to make decisions that are in their, their best interest. You know, a a lot of, um, you know, what it takes to make sure that our our kids are fully supported is uh, making sure that they're economically stable. And, and, you know, I think parents need to be able to control the timing and the spacing of their children. Sometimes there are, you know, medical hardships that factor into play as to why uh, people may end up having an abortion. Um, So there's a number of of reasons that uh, those medical decisions have to remain private so that they can make those decisions so that they can actually care for uh, the families that they want or currently have. Most people might not be aware that that, uh, the majority of folks that end up having abortions are folks that already have children. And so, you know, yes, absolutely. We want to uh, welcome you know all children and take care of children and uh having full comprehensive sexuality and reproductive health is is one avenue uh to help support that effort
0: right and and you know i think it's also important to point out abortion services are not the only thing planned parenthood does you know they they help women and prospective parents in in a lot of ways so you know yes i think they would you guys would agree with the compassionate aspect of that and also if compassion is your goal you know this should not your pro-life position should not be or whatever you want to call it would not be just about abortion it should be about you know medicaid expansion taking care of the baby after the baby's born you know helping making sure the parents have resources like a living wage that kind of thing so you know and If compassion is really what drives you, there are a lot of other ways to show that other than taking away women's bodily autonomy. Uh, So let's let's move on through this document. Uh, So most Americans agree that. So now they list four bullet points that most Americans agree on. And I want to know, Francie, if you agree that most Americans agree on this. Uh, Do you agree that most Americans agree abortion should be avoided as much as possible? Do most Americans agree on that?
1: I mean, I think another way to look at that um, is most Americans would agree that we should um, have zero unintended pregnancies. I think that that would be a way for us to kind of address um, abortion from both sides is like focusing on the root, which is how do we how do we prevent unintended pregnancies? And we know the answer to that. It's it's comprehensive sexuality education so that um Individuals can understand their own bodies, understand how to make the most healthy choices, um, how to uh, how to how to have a healthy relationships. All of those things are ways that um, you can uh, reduce the number of unintended pregnancies, and also access to birth control is another important aspect. And so, um, right,
0: and, and here in Tennessee, I, I think you're not even allowed to like they have an abstinence only policy in what they allow in education. They don't want teenagers talk to about sex, which means that leaves them without information, which leads to more unintended pregnancies like you're talking about. Contraception is another one. You, you heard Marsha recently talking about basically stripping the right to contraception. And I've heard people saying that that might be what the Supreme Court goes after next year. So yeah, if what you want is abortion avoided as much as possible, you know, you need to look at it more holistically rather than just not letting women do it. You know, right. it has to be, you know, there are root causes to these things that, you know, they should be more supportive of, which is right. I think what you're saying.
1: I mean, abortion is a medical procedure. So it'd be similar to saying, you know, we want to get rid of chemotherapy. Well, well no, you want to get rid of cancer. Yeah. So right. let's, let's talk about that.
0: Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so the next one, it says states should have the flexibility to implement reasonable restrictions. So, you know, I think reasonable is doing a lot of work in that sentence. Obviously, we've seen here in Tennessee uh, some restrictions that are, you know, what I would call unreasonable and that are set to take place if Roe gets reversed. But what do you think about that sentence? States should have flexibility to implement reasonable restrictions.
1: You know, I think that from our perspective, you know, all of those decisions need to rest within that, you know, pregnant person and, you know, within their own faith and their doctor, um, that, that's where those, the decision-making power has has to lie and not within state. So we wouldn't think that the state uh, ought to have a hand in any restrictions unless it relates to like, you know, real uh, medically accurate uh, reasons that you would have for any medical facility.
0: So I, I guess what I would ask there is like right now the Supreme court, like Roe, I think it's first trimester or something, right? When does, when does Roe draw the line?
1: Um, there's not a number it's called viability. And so, and that's really what's at stake here is that even if they were to uphold the Mississippi ban at 15 weeks, it throws out the test of viability, which is when a fetus can survive outside the womb because the court was trying to decide, you know, at what point, cause it is, it is a, it is a philosophical uh, notion here. Like at what point does the fetus's rights supersede that of the pregnant person? Um, and they felt like viability was the right time when that, when that fetus can survive outside of the, the womb. Um, and up until that point, you know, the, the pregnant person can have that autonomy to make those decisions. So.
0: Well, I think what, one of the things that this sort of triggers in my mind is, you know, what I think we're going to run into it later in this document where, you know, they say, oh, Democrats are OK with late term abortions. Uh, even I heard a candidate the other day say, like, within seven days of birth. And that is not something that Planned Parenthood is advocating for other than in like medically necessary situations. Right. I mean, they're
1: almost always medically necessary. I I can't even, I've never in my own experience and I challenge anybody else to bring this up. One has, has anybody known as, you know, someone with, with a a pregnancy later in term that had an abortion and what they'll tell you, you know, those, those folks is that it's oftentimes families that um, you know, already have their nurseries painted. They've had their baby showers. They're looking forward to having baby and then, and then they get very bad news. Um, and, and that's really scary. I mean, there was a story of, um, you know, actually, got not so many stories I hear all the time of folks that have had to end up leaving the state because they can't access the care here, and it's and it's traumatizing. So, in in, in in, you know, in a situation where it's already a heartbreaking situation, now they've got to deal with all of these other restrictions because, again, like people who are far removed shouldn't have a say in an individual family's uh process healthcare process
0: i have a close friend who ran for uh state house as a democrat who considers herself a pro life democrat and um she had the baby and the baby couldn't survive and had to make a really difficult decision still 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 visits the baby's grave every year you know and and these are the the women in these difficult situations that you know are getting called horrible names hard you know for making these difficult decisions so you know when you attack you know women for late-term abortions you're attacking women who are really in difficult you know unthinkably difficult decisions generally who don't aren't wanting to make those decisions it's not like some casual decision being made that oh you know i just don't don't want this right
1: right exactly i mean there you know there's those situations and then you know i've i've when you mentioned your friend, it made me think, um, you know, I've, I've had folks that say, you know, I had, I was in that same situation and I had to really weigh whether or not to terminate, even though I knew that my child wasn't going to survive outside the womb, even though I knew they were going to, but they, they, but they still, so they made the choice to, um, carry to term. And even in that situation, like they talk about that, that ability to have that choice. You know, even for like, I think the right to abortion isn't just about like having the abortion. The right to abortion is about your ability to make those decisions. Because in situations where you are faced with an unintended pregnancy and you have to really think about all of your choices and the gravity of every life choice that you make, and then you choose to have the child. You choose to have the child. You're not forced to give birth. That's an important process for a parent to go through and so that's really what's being stripped away is that you know you're not offering you're not allowing that individual that true capacity over their own life direction and fate you're forcing them to give birth and that's a very different nature of what we're talking about or what we want in society
0: that makes a lot of sense It's not and compassionate actually, actually right it's not compassionate to force <laughs> you know force women not to have that decision to make young girls You know not to have that decision to make absolutely that is the opposite of compassion and actually there was a uh woman at a protest yesterday in nashville and the WSMV coverage showed you know her story and then a guy right after and her story was like you know her her child wasn't going to live and she had to make a really difficult decision and you know she she can't imagine the state taking that decision away from her and then it cuts to a guy you know a young guy just like calls it a talking point you know, and hasn't been through that at all. It hasn't, you know, so you just have the one hand lived experience and on the other hand a head full of, you know, uh um not not unfeelingness, but just but just it's there's n- an abstract sy- no sympathy. There. Right. There's abstract. an
1: abstractness there. I mean, it's honestly it's kinda like or abortion's kind of like parenting in the sense that you really don't know what it's like until you're doing it. Like everybody has a theory about the way to do it, but unless you're in that situation having to live the life of a parent, like you really don't know. And so we just can't, we, you know, we can't walk in each other's shoes. We can only support each other to make the best decisions for their own lives.
0: Right. Okay. So moving on. Thank you for, for that. Uh, Number three bullet point under be the compassionate consensus builder on abortion policy. They say most Americans agree that we should do all we can to encourage more adoptions And fewer abortions. So, again, I think that's sort of tied to the first point that it should be avoided, but it's the ways in which abortions are avoided and the other things that we can do to look at the issue holistically. So, I'm not even gonna make you expound on that unless you want to, but it seems like kind of similar to the first point.
1: I mean, it's all again back to, it, it kind of harkens to some sort of reproductive coercion. You know, when you're kind of forcing people or trying to, Move them in the direction of adoption, which you know I'm adopted. There's nothing wrong with adoption. I think it's a beautiful uh, thing, you know. Um, but I, I, again, it has to rest within the family. I think there's a lot of unintended consequences when you start moving in that direction as it relates to human trafficking and things like that. You know, when you look at you know upwards of what thousands and thousands of forced births or people that will have to flee the state um, as abortion gets banned here in Tennessee. Uh, you know, I think that Republicans are going to be the dog that caught the bus in a lot, because of- yeah. they're going to have to figure out, how are you going to support all of these new young parents that aren't equipped or, or aren't willing or don't want to be parents? You know, we know that um, you know, being a wanted child is is a healthy indicator, like in, you know, there's uh, ACE, Adverse Childhood Experiences, yep. which is a uh, uh, way that people kind of um, measure a child uh, risk factors for children. And uh, being a wanted child is, is, you know, an unwanted child or unintended pregnancy is one of those indicators. And while I think there, you know, there are lots of examples of folks that were oopsies babies, you know, uh, and they're loved and it's wonderful. Uh, we also have to contend with the reality that there also can be a dangerous aspect to that. And we can safely say that it's not going to reduce child abuse. So we, you know, I think the state's going to have to figure that out. Um, have to figure out, you know, how to already ramp up and support an, an already, um, very, uh, you know, uh what's the word challenged foster care system, um, exhausted child care, uh, foster care system. You know, we, you know, if, if they truly, you know, and I'm, this is a public challenge, y'all. I am publicly challenging the Republicans, conservatives. I am right now challenging. I'm looking in the eye of, of you know people who identify as pro-life. Join us and let's fight for uh, paid parental leave. Like, if we're going to take care of young people, like, let's move that energy from pre-birth to, like, let's focus on the children that are around us right now. And we have the power to do that. We There's no reason that we can't have the, the most excellent first-class education system in the country. But we're not. You know, why? You know, we can do that. Um,
0: right. If I mean, you're, there's if, no if, reason if, if for us complete. to have
1: all these children in foster care. There, there's not.
0: Right. There's no really explanation for you know why your compassion quote unquote and for this issue stops after birth mm-hmm. you know so there are a lot of other things to push for and I think you're right to call for that for them yeah. to join join in that paid leave fight join in the living wage fight join in the you know gun paid family,
1: sick leave I mean my goodness why not yeah. what's the yeah. harm in that
0: right uh okay so <clears throat> moving on Uh, we should care for and support pregnant women in difficult circumstances. I don't think anybody would disagree with that. I do think that most Americans agree to that. Would you have any caveats there? Or, you know, it's just another sentence that, you know, we've already talked about that, I think. All right. So the next section. So that was consensus. That was what most Americans agree on. Now here, this next section is where this document that was circulated to members in the Republican Senate uh, is about, quote unquote, exposing the Democrats for the extreme views they hold. So this is sort of the attack section. Uh, and they say Joe, Dem- Joe Biden and the Dems have extreme and radical views on abortion outside of the mainstream of most Americans. OK, so the first one, and this is the one I hear a lot, you know, they've done a pretty good job of convincing people that Democrats support late term abortions. Francie, I would just kind of defer to you here for a second. What is the you know the position that pro-choice people hold on late term abortions how would you explain that to somebody who has been told repeatedly democrats support late term abortions
1: well there's no such thing as a late term abortion there's just abortions that are later in pregnancy and those those are often as i mentioned before um decisions that are often very difficult for families to make and they and they do it with their doctors but if you if you if you wouldn't mind putting that paper back up so people can see i mean i think it's important to look right there at the even on the first page the huge contradiction between the beak the compassionate consensus builder and then the second bullet which is about exposing the democrats for extreme views like if you're really about consensus building and 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 not interested in the in the politicking of divisiveness so that you can be the winning team. If your true purpose to be in office is to create policies that are good for all of us and we're waiting for it, we'd be happy for it. I mean, when's the last time any of us have sat there and said, I am so glad that this, can you believe what the government did? It, it really changed my life. Like we're waiting for that moment. So stop with the bickering. And, and get on with the policymaking. And so this stuff, you could see all the bullet points is a bunch of BS because they're they're trying to find a way to just pick at um, their colleagues, you know, so that they can be the winning team. And and that's – I'm, I'm really not interested in that.
0: Right. I think you're right to point that out, that they go from be compassionate to expose the Democrats. Like I know.
1: I, and again, I'm, I'm calling him in. I'm not yeah. calling him out. Come on in. Let's right. join forces. There's a lot that we could do together.
0: Right. So So just – to drill down on the late-term abortions yeah. thing, like, so support late-term abortions, what you're saying is there's no such thing as late-term abortion. It's just later in the pregnancy abortion. And, you know, generally speaking, what what Democrats and, you know, Planned Parenthood advocates support is allowing women to make those decisions themselves uh, and not having the state force it upon them. But, you know, th- there is, even in row or, you know, the line, the, the viability line, you know, it is not legal in certain places to go have like a seventh month abortion because you've changed your mind. And Democrats are not advocating for the legality of that. The one time that I think that became a a legal and legislative issue was with regard to, you know, issues with terminal pregnancies and, and, you know, children that could not survive post-birth. That's when that became an issue. And I think there was a governor that said something, that was clumsy about it, but Democrats are not advocating for that to become a it is regular a legal process.
1: Fraction. It's like, I don't even, we don't even need to talk about it. Really. I mean, it's like, it's, 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 it's just a talking point for them. It's not even a reality. So I don't.
0: Gotcha. Okay. But, it, but the reason I've mentioned it again is because they do talk yeah. about it a lot. And people, yeah, I mean, you know,
1: most abortions happen, you know, in the first trimester anyway. Okay. And, and honestly, because of all the restrictions, here's the ironic thing. Like if you do think that later is worse, then you would maybe by some extrapolation assume that maybe they think that earlier is better. And if that's the case and they need to stop all the restrictions on the front end and and requiring 48 hour waiting periods and things like that.
0: That's a good point. Right. So and by the
1: way, I mean, they could make, you know, uh, uh, abortions more easily accessible and affordable.
0: Right. If you're worried about later is worse, yeah, then why are you making them wait? Why are you delaying with yeah. everything you're doing? Right. That's making them point. travel
1: ninety nine miles away to get health care.
0: Absolutely because you know,
1: abortions is safer than childbirth.
0: Right. The logic of later is worse means earlier is better. So you should help make <laughs> this happen faster. That's I've never heard that point before, but that it's a simple and a good one. Um they demand taxpayers pay for abortions. Now this one I'm a little bit ignorant on I, I don't know like exactly the ins and outs of the legislation and where th- coverage comes from but you know what can you tell us about the idea of taxpayers paying for abortions and that that being something that democrats are for
1: well i don't i mean i the only thing i can think of is that they because right now there are no taxpayer funded abortions i mean so again that's kind of a a red herring is that the phrase like it it they keep bringing up fake problems I, you know that's, that's one thing but you know in the grand scheme of things i also think i also hold them you know on one hand that's not happening and on the other hand i wouldn't have a problem with it happening and why because is healthcare? abortion is health care and yeah. so why wouldn't we have any kind of health care available for people in need
0: so what, what they're saying is that you know you're you're making us pay for things we don't believe in but if things are are legal then you know why shouldn't it be covered under, for instance, Medicaid, Medicare, that kind of thing, right? Is that what right. they're talking about with taxpayer-funded abortions? That like Medicaid covers that health care? right? Okay, all right. So that one, you know, which before, it does
1: not currently. And I just uh, want to underline it it, because people get so confused and they think, oh, you know, we'll we'll I'll be talking to folks and they're like, I don't think that my taxpayer should you know pay for abortions. And it's like they're not. It's not.
0: It's not happening. Okay, that's that's that Uh, abortion. They want abortions to be on demand and oppose any and all reasonable restrictions, such as prohibiting abortion for gender selection reasons or even limiting abortion to the first trimester. So they're saying Democrats are against prohibiting abortion for like like people are having abortion because they want a boy instead of a girl. I mean, this that's some pretty far out there stuff. I've never heard that at all.
1: Right. Right. I mean, do we want abortions to like another way to say we want abortion on demand is to say we want abortion accessible for anybody who needs it. Yep. If that's what they mean by demand, absolutely. And, um, you know, and, you know, would we, would we want restrictions on like not allowing abortions if it, if it were toxic to the environment, if it created war? I mean, like they're just creating all these like reasons that, I mean, are, are messaging points to kind of, irk people but not any any real reality thing. I will say in the Tennessee bill that Governor Lee um put forth, they had the gender selection piece in there and they tied it with an example um in the write up for the bill to Asian Americans and like and basically talked about it in light of like oh Asians are the kind of people that like you know think boys are more important. So it was like at this also a very racist uh way of looking at the issue. So there You have to see these things as like dog whistles because they love to to um, create bills that solve problems that don't exist because it makes them appear like they're doing things that are good. Like I created a bill that um, uh, I'm making this up that required that we all stop at stop signs. I made that bill. Justin isn't that great and you'd be like right. yeah but, you know anybody who knows traffic laws would be like well is it wasn't that a law already you know, like, <laughs>
0: right. like, you know but it. I could
1: go around and like make everybody think I did this really great thing and that's kind of what they do they're like we're gonna be against it nobody's doing that
0: you see nobody's that a lot on, on abortion gu-
1: because they want one sex over the other
0: yeah you see that a lot on gun laws like that yeah. they loosen gun laws that like didn't really do anything but then they go back to their town halls at home and they say oh, I made you know more guns aren't you proud of me you know that kind of thing so yeah i, I think you're right and and the gender selection and you know first trimester like their democrats are not carrying bills to allow gender selection and you know abortions to happen in late tri- like that's not what's going on here so i think you're right they're just planting seeds and you know ha- arguing red herrings the yeah. next one is they've opposed every single restriction on abortion for 50 years restriction on late-term abortion so this is just like a grab bag of all of the things that we've talked about already yeah you know and and again they're just they're just these are red herrings these things are not happening right right late term abortions you know gender selection abortions again this is just these are things that are not happening that there are unions right so the next section is uh forcefully refute democrat lies again not compassionate bridge building here regarding gop positions on women Abortion and women's health care, Biden and the Dems have and will continue to spread lies about where Republicans stand. So then they go, Republicans do not want to take away contraception, which, you know, I think we've seen repeatedly that they are not supportive of such things. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, they make it very difficult to obtain. I mean, there are, uh, you know, what do they call themselves, the abolitionists within the conservative party that you know they they don't believe in in vitro fertilization justin they are like you know they consider that abuse because to them a fetus is a full-fledged human being that deserves all the personhood rights in fact has more rights than the person that actually is carrying them in their body so um yeah they they don't they don't care about contraception and i think that people are right to be worried that that's next on the docket because there's a huge you know religious element in in the uh, within this whole conservative movement to overturn Roe, which are also, they consider, you know, contraception a sin.
0: Right, because they think you should only be having sex to have children. That's the only that's reason. That's the only reason to have sex. So contraception means sex for fun, which they're against. And, you know, at the end of the day, that's, that's where this contraception argument, where push comes to shove with that stuff. And, you know, it's also different to be, you know, in favor of educating in contraception, as, you know, a way to avoid unwanted pregnancies, but they just say, we don't want to take it away. They're not saying they're, they're actually supportive of these things, which I think is pretty telling. And then the next thing they say is they do not want to take away mammograms or other healthcare provided specifically to women. I've never heard anybody accuse them of wanting to take away mammograms.
1: You know, it's like, there's, um, there's something to kind of putting yourself into like the victim realm. So, you, you, you know, people can think that you're so, oppressed like and right. then they think that we want to do and then something that we would never have accused them of <laughs> right, right we should like create like this outline of all the tactics that they try to do like create they try to solve fake problems they try yeah. to like you know say that people are attacking them for things that they would never do that nobody's really attacking them on like right. you know, that that's exactly that's
0: what they do point. all day every day yeah this was this was a comment from lisa rock just now they're trying to gaslight everybody this is oh, gaslighting perfect. they're gaslighting within this document Uh uh, you know, the next thing is um And like the whole like
1: uh, they're trying to take away Christmas. I'm like, no That's what it's
0: exactly what it is. Who is trying to take
1: away Christmas? (laughs) I have never met anybody trying to take away Christmas.
0: Mammograms (laughs) and Christmas. uh republicans do not want to throw okay so this is one i have I take great exception to republicans do not want to throw doctors and women in jail mothers should be held harmless under the law this one kind of refutes itself because they're yep. like we don't want to throw doctors and women in jail mothers should be held harmless but it doesn't say doctors should be held no,
1: right. no 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 so, so i mean we had, to, we had to fight tooth and nail to just say oh if they don't have their reporting if, if doctors don't have their reporting paperwork done properly, they're not going to face 20 years jail time. That was a literal bill this year that had to get amended because it was, they have every intention to throwing as many people in jail as possible. And you all, I'm not, it sounds so like I'm being an exaggerator, but all you have to do is look at other countries where, where women end up being jailed because, um, you know, of their miscarriages and people are, you know, they suspect that they weren't really miscarriages. And, you know, how do you prove that? I mean, it's, 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 it's very dangerous. I mean, this, this is a, this is a state where we just now finally got them to pass a law where you can't, you know, shackle women when they're in, uh, um, in labor.
0: Right. and, and But it's also like, like this yeah. document acts like what the bills that Republicans are pushing are these moderate bills, but it, it's like they haven't read the Tennessee bill, which actually makes it a felony for a doctor to perform an abortion. So, you know, this flies in the face of what's actually happening here on the ground in Tennessee. And they
1: will want women in jail because here's the thing, follow the thread. Ready? If you think that abortion is murder.
0: Yeah. Then yeah. why wouldn't you? Right. I'm why wouldn't you? If you're being consistent, you sh- right. Like, I don't want to,
1: Speak that into being because we know how they are, but that's dangerous.
0: I think when Trump was running, he was asked, like, should there be a punishment for women? And he like the logic just followed that there had to be and he didn't know what to say. So he kind of just goes, yeah, there should be. And I think that happened in an interview. And I'll, I'll look for the clip. But, you know, the logical progression of what they're saying that abortion is murder you know, they, they should be advocating for that. And they're not, you know, they're trying to have it both ways, I think is the point. Yeah, because, you know, there's something disingenuous about it. Uh, okay, so now we're on to page two of this messaging document. It says Americans support reasonable restrictions on abortion. If Rose overturn state and local officials closest to the people who make laws, but to the will of their states. some states like California will allow abortion on demand. Other states, We'll place reasonable restrictions on abortions. Uh, elected officials, not unelected judges, should reflect the consensus of the people. So, you know, what that they're basically saying the state's rights thing, which is, you know, what has excused a lot of bad behavior over the years. You know, what do you say when they say it should be up to the state's?
1: I don't think it should be up to the States and I don't think it needs to be the consensus of the people. It only, when I'm pregnant, the only person that's business that it is is mine, only the pregnant person. That's all we're saying because it's my body. And so, you know, I'm the only one that's going to have to live with the consequences of my decision. I don't need to consult with anybody around me. My neighbors, nobody, it's my business.
0: I think that's a good answer for that one. And <laughs> uh, you know, again, again, just to make, just to follow up about the state's rights thing, like, you know, once upon a time slavery was legal in this country and the way that those who were in favor of slavery tried to preserve that was by saying, leave it up to the states. And so when they say, you know, state's rights that should ring that bell for everybody, you know, that a lot of awful things that this country legalized on at its birth you know, pun intended is, uh, have been defended through that state's rights refrain, you know, and that's something to think about when they, they point to that. Uh,
1: Interesting thing I just want to say too, is, you know, I was talking to a Republican Christian lawmaker and, and I, and I'm a person of faith. And so I, I, you know, shared that with him. And, you know, so the only thing I would, I would modify in my statement saying it's only up to me is I would say, it's only up to me and my God. Because when I had my abortion and I shared this with him, I mean, I did it. So in a very prayerful state, I mean, that's all I cared about was what was right with God. And and, and it was very clear to me that my prayer was answered. And I knew that I was going to be loved no matter what and what my choice was going to be. And that was the answer. And so when I shared that with him, I said, so when you're passing these laws, you're essentially kind of interfering with not only my relationship, but also the will of what god has you know in store of course god's always gonna get what, what you know <laughs> like if we're talking in god terms like it's gonna always um be what it needs to be but um anyway i think i think there's a a religious piece to look at as well where there's interference in someone's uh, own faith when they when the state steps in
0: that makes sense um okay so next bullet is science has progressed since rovers away today we know And I'll list these three things. Unborn babies can feel pain early. After six weeks, we hear their heartbeat. Modern sonograms show unborn babies smiling, yawning, and sucking their thumbs. What are are your responses to those? I know that, you know, that imagery has been pretty powerful in them making their point with the people who agree with them. You know, we've seen Marshall Blackburn bring that kind of thing onto the floor before. So, you know, what do you say when you talk to people about those talking points? I'm sure they get yelled at you at entrances to the clinics all the time.
1: Yeah. I mean, I can imagine that some people might say, you know, uh, from a purely scientific perspective that we don't know if they can really feel pain or that sort of. As a mom who was thrilled to see the ultrasound, you know, I, you know, I, I can see that um, I get I got excited about seeing my baby suck their thumb and, you know, understanding that there's this life inside my body. So I, you know, I don't have, it is true. We can see that. That doesn't change my opinion of who decides. It just reinforces who gets to decide. And now we have more information.
0: Gotcha. Okay. And uh, and, and what they're saying there is, you know, Again, I, I don't I, th- I don't think that's settled science. A lot of that stuff and and what like, no for instance that. what a heartbeat means and you know all of those things like, like there's a lot of you know other science and and you know right we, they say it's
1: an electrical impulse and exactly and, and that, could that kind be. of thing. I'm not here to argue that I I don't you know I'm not a scientist and that and I think there's legitimacy to that. Right. But all then, I all I see is that regardless, it doesn't matter to me. I mean, no matter how you slice it, you could see it. Some people see it truly as a clump of cells. And then there are a lot of folks, myself included, that I don't. And yet I still am pro-choice. I still think that that power needs to rest within me.
0: Restricting late-term abortions is a reasonable consensus position. Biden and the Democrats reject both reason and consensus on this issue. Like, they keep harping on this late-term abortions thing. And, you know, late-term abortions are, are restricted, like legally, they are restricted, right? Like, I, I don't understand how they can say that when nobody's advocating for changing that law and they already are restricted to only, I think, life of the mother and, you know, and, and you know, if the baby's terminal, like, what am I missing there?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs>
0: because the, because <laughs> they, they genuinely, they, they harp on that a lot because it's a powerful point because what they're essentially saying is. You know, they're trying to create this. It's almost like with the welfare queen image with welfare, like they're trying to create this image of a mother who's just decided at the last minute, I don't feel like having a a baby. And now I'm just going to have this, uh, uh, you know, this uh, performed. And that's, you know, Democrats are cool with that, but that's not the law. And the Democrats are not trying to change that. So that is the law. Am I wrong?
1: yeah i mean I, I think that there's nothing that needs to be changed so the, I mean,
0: right okay i would
1: love to see the democrats uh pass something at the federal level that protects our rights would love to see that happen right
0: and that and that's i think what people are advocating for but that's to enshrine existing law uh, okay, so then call Democrats out for using obsession over abortion to avoid talking about their record. Well, that is some gaslighting nonsense right there. That's exactly what Republicans <laughs> do: is use abortion to distract from all of the other things they're trying to keep from people. But let's go to the next bullet point. Democrats hold extreme views on abortion that are out of the mainstream, but their other policies are so absurd they would rather talk about abortion. Now, that is just on its face absurd because Democrats don't choose to talk about abortion. It's Republicans who choose to talk about abortion. It's Republicans who push bill after bill after bill, especially in a state like ours. You know, they are the ones that. You know, and I think this is something that should gross out even people who consider themselves anti-choice or pro-life is the way that abortion is used to, you know, cling to power and avoid talking about all the other things that Democrats actually try to talk about in states like ours. Have you found that, too, to be, you know, it's Republicans that center this issue?
1: Yeah, it's just a politicized thing. I mean, and I've had like um, I've, I've talked to so many Republicans lately about some of the bills this year on the forced birth agenda that they were trying to pass. And I mean, they themselves, it's so interesting when you talk to them privately, they're like, we don't really care about these bills. I mean, they really don't care. It's just on there so that they can get a little feather in their cap. And they'll say like the, the Texas copycat bill, which would allow anybody to get sued if they helped their friend obtain an abortion, if they like drove them or whatever to the clinic. And they were like, yeah, we, we really don't like that. But if it goes to committee, we would vote for it. Like, I'm, and I was like, God, don't you know? Don't you understand? We're so sick of that. Yeah. You're telling me that for political reasons, you're going to vote for it, even though you in your heart know that it's bad policy. Like, I'm, we're waiting for real policymakers that can go up there and actually create laws that make our lives better. Yep. That's what we need. But all of this anti abortion stuff, it does not make our lives better. It's going to make, uh, it much more difficult for people to obtain health care. It takes away from our bodily autonomy and sovereignty. It's going to actually it could harm people. It will delay, you know, uh, health care. Um, it will force pregnancy. It will hurt children. I mean, it's it's problematic any way you look at it.
0: Okay, so the next talking point is Biden and the Dems are making every American poorer, less safe, more dependent on other countries for energy, and making America weaker. I mean, that is not really about abortion. That's just no. you know, what they but say. You know what? Yeah.
1: Forcing people to give birth will make people poorer. We right. know that one of the, the uh, most important indicators for economic well being for a family is their own control over the size and spacing of their families. That's just a simple fact.
0: And, and there's a laundry list of policies they oppose that if they're actually concerned with this inflation and making Americans poorer, you know, if they wanted people to have more money in their pockets, they would be, you know, supporting a living wage, they would be supporting Medicaid expansion, they would be supporting even better Medicare for all, you know, they would be supporting paid leave, they would be backing unions. So, you know, they're focused on inflation and acting like what they really care about is that it's taking money out of people's pockets and yes inflation is not good but you know at the end of the day there are things that we could be doing to put more money in people's pockets and they oppose all of those things so it's an absolute joke for them to talk about that stuff and then the next line is inflation is skyrocketing go ahead
1: oh i was gonna say and note in all of their things that they're kind of trying to contrast none of it there's zero acknowledgement of race equity and as yeah. far as we're concerned, Plain Parenthood, if you don't have race equity as part of your equation to how to solve the problems in this country, then it's a non-starter. You have to be talking about that. And as it relates to abortion and tying that abortion to poverty piece, like the communities that are gonna get hardest hit by these bans, by what the Supreme Court thinks it's about to do, it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna be very harmful to black and brown communities. And and you look at like even, you know, undocumented immigrant populations where, you know, how do they even travel out of state? Like, how do they get that?
0: Right, right. It's it's so the very people that are hurt most by inflation are the ones that they're hurting with this policy. And and, uh, you know, I I think that's not debatable. The next thing they say is inflation skyrocketing, gas prices are rising, crime is raging. You know, again, all of those things are happening most more more in poorer neighborhoods. And, you know, they are inequality issues, and this will just exacerbate inequality even more so, as will every policy that they support. Any effort to address inequality, which is at the root of a lot of the issues that they're talking about, they call it socialism. They dismiss it, you know, and then they talk about the southern border is in crisis. So, you know, these are these are the things that they want to focus on as opposed to policies that will actually help people's lives. And, you know, it's it's all fear mongering. And so is the abortion issue.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the whole like gas prices are rising and inflation is skyrocketing. I mean, part of this is they to force birth. They want to force birth on us so that we, we can continue delivering babies for the motherland. I mean, that's, you know, that's another way to look at it as well, because the capitalists, the 1% are very worried that they're from a global standpoint that the United States is going to be on the decline if we don't start reproducing more soon.
0: Meanwhile, you know, our mortality rate is is high in no small part because we don't have health care and you know people are getting shot and all kinds of things so there are better ways to deal with the population issue than you know forcing unwanted pregnancies to be carried to term uh the next thing is uh but democrats want to obsess and spread lies about abortion because they've not only failed to address the concerns of the american people their agenda has made things worse that's just a vague generic you know Come, that's a, it sounds like a Marshall Blackburn tweet or Bill Haggerty. Uh, and then while Democrats are voting nearly hundred percent of the time with Biden and Chuck Schumer, Republicans are focused on getting the economy back on track and keeping your family safe. I mean, again, just these are generic, you know, vagaries, uh, getting economy back on track. And then, by the way, if you look at the economic numbers. You'll see that what Republicans really do when they're in office is cut taxes, drive the economy into a ditch, and then blame Democrats when they take over within a month. You know, and that's what's happened here. We've seen jobs get created. Yes, inflation is bad across the globe. But, you know, in general, the numbers are very clear that when it comes to GDP, job growth, things like that, uh, Democrats have been better for the economy.
1: See, and I want to call BS on that in that, you know, like the end goal isn't around like getting the economy back. I I think we're interested in thinking about things in a completely different way. Like I don't, I don't really walk around and people are like, I just like the economy to be stronger. I just feel like the stock is not strong enough. Like no, nobody talks about that. You know, like we just want to know our families are safe. And I think we want a whole new way of organizing ourselves. And and because all of the things that we find challenging or hard in our lives are actually solvable. I mean, this is a moment in history where we have the most technology, strong intelligentsia. I mean, an incredible creative force. I mean, just the the amount of music and art and you know talent on all of different. I mean, how many so you know streaming channels do we have? Like, this is a moment of history where our imagination—we're only limited by our imagination—and we have a strong vision. And it's like we've got to have the material conditions to match that imagination and we can actually make we have the capacity to make this world wholly better for everyone but there's like again like in that you know on that page 1 where you saw that contradiction between like we are the compassionate ones but then we want and we want to bring everybody together but really we're trying to divide people like if we could just truly do the first thing and not the latter thing i think yeah. we get a lot farther
0: <laughs> i think it's also fascinating that in this document which is you know about abortion which is an issue that they so clearly used to gin up fear and distract from the issues that they're supportive of unpopular, you know, uh, uh, positions on, they're talking about how Democrats are the ones that use this to distract, but it's not that at all, you know, and and that's such a central focus of this messaging document is gaslighting is to, is to point is to accuse Democrats of the very thing that they've been doing on this issue.
1: Right. And I don't want to be divisive and polarizing. So I'm saying to any Republicans that are watching, welcome, come let's make some real change. We can do this. Yeah. You know,
0: And then it says, finally, the coming days will feature a slew of Democrats, angry, strident, rigid science deniers on the issue of abortion. So they know they're about to piss a lot of people off. You know, this this wasn't about the leak. This was knowing that the Supreme Court decision was coming and that the justices they sent there to reverse row were going to do the thing they sent them there to do. And therefore, a lot of people are going to be angry because it's not popular. They say Republicans must be the opposite, demonstrating compassion and kindness toward all people, mother and child born and unborn Francie. how would you like to address that
1: it's kind of funny they call us the science deniers on abortion but then they're the science deniers on climate change
0: (laughs) right right again gaslighting and 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 this is it's not compassionate toward you know women to force them to carry the term especially after circumstances of rape so you know just saying compassion and kindness on a document repeatedly doesn't make it so that that you know you, words are cheap
1: yeah i think that if they were to go into a uh their own hearts and kind of evaluate what's behind this it's probably just a lot of ego tripping that's what i'm sensing it's not really around compassion i think they're i i'm sensing from this document that compassion is just a buzzword for them
0: absolutely and then you know this one i have to choke down to read it because it's so in opposition to what they actually do on a daily basis. One of the greatest and most unique things about America is the way we strive to take care of the least of these. I mean, they don't do any support, anything that takes care of the least of these in this country. If anything, they they ostracize and demonize the least of these who need our services that we provide as a country. And then they say, the way we value the defense of the defenseless, desire to protect the weakest members, the sick, the poor, and the elderly, unborn, deserve protection too. Well, they they certainly don't support any the, the issue the, the policies that take care of the sick the poor and the elderly you know we've seen them come after medicare and medicaid and social security we've seen them refuse to expand medicaid we've seen them go after snap we saw them cut unemployment benefits this past session you know i wish that they actually cared about what they pretend to care about there
1: you know it's so interesting i was meeting with um glenn Cassida recently with one of our supporters who lives in Uh, Williamson County. And, and she shared this really hard story about she, you know, grew up in the church. And I think it was like the youth pastor that had sexually molested her and several young people in their youth group. And it was traumatizing. And she had talked about like, that if she had not had an abortion, like she probably would have wanted to kill herself. I mean, she was that depressed about it, obviously that, you know, she was um, assaulted by really an elder in the church that you, you would want to, that, that, like church is one of those places that, you know, you have to have trust like that. That's kind of what makes it a holy space. And so, um, you know, she, she shared that and, uh, you know, and Cassidy was in his demeanor, very kind and open and appreciated that we were there and we felt that he was listening. And, and I kind of felt like, okay, well maybe, maybe there's an opening. And I said, well, I'm glad that you are relating to her because, you know, every every anti-abortion piece of legislation that has been out there, often there have been amendments that we've tried to add where there was at least exception to rape or incest. And you always, you all, you, the royal you, always shoot it down. Would you be willing to, next time that comes around, at least create an amendment where you make these exceptions? And he really, he was like, well, you know, I, I... You know, I don't, I, you know, I, I think that's an important thing to consider. And, you know, you know, but he wasn't um, answering. And I was like, finally, I was like, no, I I actually, this is a, this isn't a rhetorical question. Will you do that? And and essentially the answer was no. But, you know, I think that's an example of where it's one thing to say something and it's another thing to actually do things that do things that help people. And that it was in that moment where it's like that story coupled with the other kind of story that I shared earlier where um you know there was a disconnect between like child abuse and the, and, and and social services to the kind of uh, anti-abortion legislation that there there's there's this huge disconnect and I think there's going to be a reckoning soon you know and you know maybe that's the gift of you know the demise of Roe is that it's going to really test the compassion of this party to see if like cuz they're not going to be able to hide behind the politics of abortion anymore because they won. I was like, congratulations, you won. Oh, but right. now you're going to have to contend with the aftermath, and we're going to all watch. We're going to see what's going to happen.
0: Right, the dog that caught the car. I think a lot of people are talking about that these days. Yeah. Oh, by the way, you mentioned Casada, so let me just briefly take a minute to let people know that he lost his county clerk race badly to Jeff Whitby, and Casada has officially been canceled for good and uh, i am not shedding any tears about that. All right, that's a side note. Personal personal side note. <laughs> uh, okay, so we we're down at the bottom of the second page here. Uh, it says the democrat position is extreme in stride and strident, our position should be based in compassion and reason. We've dealt with that, you know, obviously gaslighting. And then it starts to give sample statements. So this is a draft opinion, so we will wait to see what the final oh maybe so maybe this is after the leak. Mm-hmm. This is a draft opinion, so we will wait to see what the final decision of the Supreme Court is. The leak of this document, okay, so it is after the leak, is troubling and indicative of the radical left's, uh, oh, I can't see what that says. Can you read the top of that?
1: A mission to undermine the institution of the Supreme Court and ultimately pack the court with liberal justices who will rubber stamp the Democrats' radical agenda. It's wrong and the leaker should be found, fired, and potentially prosecuted. So
0: again, it's a focus on the leak. As opposed to you know what the draft opinion is about, and and that's what we've seen them do over and over again, you know from Marsha Blackburn to Governor Lee, they're all trying to focus on the leak and distract from you know this policy that they've been pushing for for decades. They should be so happy about it, you yeah. know. Why are you so mad about the leak? The leak showed you that you're getting your way, right?
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: Right. Okay. So and then moving on, we're at the last page here to the end i'm pro-life but this isn't about political labels i believe all americans want us to welcome every child but if you disagree with me my door is always open i'm always willing to listen no
1: that was exactly what i heard when i went
0: (laughs) yeah yeah always willing to listen uh huh (laughs) science makes it very clear unborn babies are human beings they feel pain suck their thumbs have a heartbeat every abortion is a tragedy I believe we must make it easier for women in difficult circumstances to choose adoption instead of abortion. That means they need assistance. We should help them protect these babies. What do, you, what do you think when you hear that?
1: I think that they haven't talked to women who or anybody who's had an abortion.
0: Right. And they also, that's something that happens a lot. You know, they pass these anti-trans laws without talking to trans people, anti-LGBT laws without talking to LGBT people. You know, they, they don't talk to the people that these bills impact.
1: Their goal is is to win and to have power rather than doing what actually helps people. That's important to be, note.
0: Right. Yeah. Right. I think that's that's and and you know preserve minority control, which you know, they are in the minority on this and a lot of things. And minority power is, you know, minority rule is what they they their guiding principle. Uh, and then some sample language for an ad, you know, Sarah, Republican here, you know me, I'm the person John Democrat attacks, probably doesn't seem to care about the truth. I'm not in favor of putting women or doctors in jail, even though in Tennessee, that's exactly what they're trying to do. I'd never take away anyone's contraception or healthcare, even though we know that's not true. That's a typical BS. So they're, they're, they're basically telling us the things that we see with our own eyes are not real.
1: I mean, I have talked to so many Republican women, actually, that are like, you know, uh, they're like, they vote Republican and they just didn't think that they would ever get rid of Roe. You know, they, they were voting Republican for other reasons, but they're like, they are not going to get rid of Roe. And right. so it's, it's kind of interesting that.
0: Well, on that note, let me ask you this. Do you know. think, because, you know, when Senator uh, Susan Collins and Murkowski have been saying how shocked they are that all this is happening. You know, my feeling is that they're just basically calling their constituents stupid. You know, it's like, how can you possibly expect us to believe that you didn't know this was coming? But you're saying you're talking to Republicans who also kind of didn't think this would happen. So with Murkowski and Collins, do you believe that they didn't really see this coming?
1: They created it. They made it happen. They're accountable for it.
0: Yeah. But do you believe they didn't see it coming? No. Okay, me either. I absolutely do not believe no. that at all. I mean, it seems, I think know, they it, have
1: to say that because they know that they're in, in turf that people, well, but everybody's in turf where people believe that um, p- individual choice needs to be made by that pregnant person. Everybody thinks that most people think that. So they have to, of course they have to say that to save their skin.
0: Right. All right. Well, the rest of it is just the ad. I'm going to let you go here, but you know, I guess my, my last question for you, and thanks for doing this for us. Um, what, what would you say to Democrats right now that are in office and, and running for office? You know, what what can they actually do right now, you know, to impact this? And, you know, what would you like to see happen going forward from people that, you know, are on the pro-choice side of things?
1: Um, to Democrats, at least electeds or soon to be electeds, they need to fight hard for reproductive rights because part of this is because it's been stigmatized and Democrats want to play it safe. Um, you know and honestly I'm impatient because you know even with Democrats in power at the federal level, the fact that they can't uh, protect our right at a federal level is unconscionable they they need to do it. Um, number one, the other thing I, I, I guess an important point to to end with because I you know I don't want it to I don't want to be cynical about where we are you know and um i I think it's important to remember that, the Supreme Court didn't grant us abortion because they were enlightened in any way. They they did it um, because there were there had been a strong movement, you know, over decades, and um, and so the the government and even the Supreme Court aren't aren't the entities actually in our daily lives that grant us any kind of freedom or or happiness. Those are the things that we in community create for ourselves, and so we'll continue to do what we do. We'll continue to organize. We'll continue to build community. We'll be continuing to help people use their voice so that elected officials can be held accountable to those needs. That's ultimately what needs to happen within you know a healthy democracy. And so we're working on that. And I'll end with some next steps. Um, on May 14th, um, it's going to be a National Day of Action. So stay tuned. You can you can follow us on any of our channels. Just look up Tennessee Advocates for Planned Parenthood or Planned Parenthood Tennessee. Is that a court. weekend? It is a Saturday. Yeah, okay. and we already have uh, event schedule in each of those areas, but we're going to even make it bigger because we you know we uh, realize now that there's a moment that we have, and I invite everybody watching to to support this to actually influence the Supreme Court. So we need to. Um, mobilize as heavily as possible between now and and decision day, which we anticipate will be at the end of June. So, but May fourteenth is kind of a, a peak day to to mark that on your calendars and and uh, stand to the ready to take action. Um, and then I next Tuesday, I believe, if you want to look up Healthy and Free Tennessee, you can get on their email list. They're doing a training on self managed abortions. Um, I think we just need to be all uh, very well aware of how um, how that. Uh, works. Um, I would also encourage folks to invest in your local abortion fund um, in East Tennessee, I'll just highlight them, um, the Mountain Access Brigade and folks can give to that. There's also Sister Reach in w- uh, West Tennessee has um, uh, an abortion fund and those will be used to help patients access health care. Um, be with that for right now
0: Francie, thanks for coming on here and walking us through this document appreciate you doing it i just thought it would help for people to kind of hear your perspective on the talking points that we have from republicans and uh we'll look out for the information about may 14th thanks for thanks for jumping on here
1: yeah thank you take care
0: all right take care Francie. that's Francie hunt of uh tennessee advocates planned parenthood uh they do a lot of work for women here in Tennessee and, you know, obviously are going to be busy with what's coming. It's I thought really worthwhile to just walk through the talking points. A lot of the myths that are perpetuated about what, you know, Democrats and progressives and women in general believe about abortion and abortion rights. When I ran for Congress, you know, it was an issue that came up a lot. So obviously it's something that people think about a lot. And, you know, I, I think that, People who are anti-choice are, you know, in a lot of cases genuinely believe where they're coming from. So, you know, but maybe this is helpful to some of you to hear what people who actually do this work every day actually think and actually believe as opposed to what you get told they believe, which is a lot of times a very different thing. Um, Gapper, I see you asking if nobody's concerned about the leak itself. I mean, look, we can talk about the leak, but at the end of the day the issue of what the decision is going to be is a much bigger issue and i'd encourage you to please understand that the people who are trying to get you to focus on the leak want to distract you from the decision itself because it's not popular because most people don't want to see roe get overturned so you know and by the way we don't know who leaked so it's very possible that the leak is coming from the very people who support this decision because they want to make it about that. So you don't have all the answers. And sure, should we get to the bottom of it and get to the truth and you know figure out how that happened? And if that was a law broken, then should the per lawbreaker get punished? Sure, but there's a lot we don't know about where that we came from, what law was actually broken. So you know, instead, let's focus on the things we do know, which we do know that 50 years of precedent is about to get thrown out, that women's rights are about to be stripped from them that it's gonna fall mostly on low-income women in Tennessee and places like this where we already have a trigger ban in place. And it's not popular. And it's gonna upset a lot of people and hurt a lot of people. And it's a big step in the wrong direction and it shows how politicized the Supreme Court has become. And those to me are bigger issues than the leak. You can care about the leak, but if you don't care about those other issues, you're kind of telling on yourself. So that's kind of where I'm coming from here. Uh, I'm not saying it's great that the leak happened, but, you know, I'm, I'm sure there are people who are mad about the leak right now who are also supportive of other whistleblowers. I mean, this was a whistleblower situation if it was, you know, somebody who is trying to warn people about a decision that's coming. You know, and and so if you're upset about the whistle being blown here, you know, do you have the same issues with other whistleblowers or is it just in this particular scenario where your attitude towards the leak is being colored by, you know, your attitude about this particular topic? And Gapper, I don't know if you're pro-choice, anti-choice or, you know, call yourself pro-life or I, I don't know. I, I, you know, I know you disagree with me a lot, but at the end of the day, I think, you know, the majority of this country oppose what's about to happen and you know this is this is politicizing the supreme court which by the way i would i would say that the the supreme court has been politicized i would even be interested to know what do they teach kids about the supreme court these days because i remember being taught that it was like above the fray when it came to politics and that it's not politicized and you know are they teaching that to kids now? because that's that's a lie. <laughs> I don't know what they're teaching kids. It's maybe they're just saying it's supposed to be that, but it's not that. And you know, we have had seven of the last eight presidential popular votes go to Democrats, but six of the nine Supreme Court justices have been appointed now by Republicans. So, you know, minority rule is really, where we are in this country already. And any effort to change that has been met with fierce opposition from Republicans. And uh, you know, that's kind of where we are as a country. So we kind of need to recalibrate our expectations a little bit. Uh Gabber says there's a difference between whistleblowing and leaking. I I don't know. That's an interesting question. I don't know if I agree with you there. I mean, I think leaking is a maybe a form of whistleblowing and not all leaks are whistleblowing but when you have a and maybe maybe the point is that whistleblowing is like you put your name on it so I guess there maybe I'd agree with you that like if you're a whistleblower you're I guess willing to stand by what you're saying uh so you know maybe you have a point there but if you're trying to let people know that something's coming that's gonna affect and impact and hurt a lot of people and you put your know your job and your life and your career on the line to let people know that's a form of whistleblowing and you know that might be what happened here now i've seen a lot of people including former supreme court clerks say that the more that they look at what's gone on here the more they feel like this was actually someone on the conservative side leaking this to sort of solidify it etch it in stone that way nobody could change their mind that way the opinion can't be moderated recalibrated because it will look like politics is what got to them and that seems like a pretty interesting unique way to look at it now i don't think that that you know outlook is ever going to take hold in the public sphere unless we find out for sure that's what happened i think mostly republicans are going to win the battle of you know declaring that the leaker was somebody who was Pro choice, but it's possible that you know somebody's playing chess rather than checkers here, and they figured if we leak this draft, which is like the most extreme opinion it could possibly be, that will set it in stone and dare anybody to change their mind. And it's possible that that's what happened here. So, at the end of the day, we don't know about the leak, but we do know that this decision is going to strip reproductive bodily autonomy from women and to me regardless of what happened with the leak that is the bigger issue so thanks for watching i hope this was somewhat informative i would encourage you to go back and look at it because francie you know is somebody who works with planned parenthood she is telling you what they actually believe to me to my ear what she was saying sounds very reasonable and is probably a departure from a lot of the anti-choice talking points that are out there, late-term abortions and, you know, <clears throat> gender, choosing the gender, you know, people ha- people having abortions because they want a boy instead of a girl. And there's a lot of pretty extremist radical stuff out there. And that is not what's going on, on the ground, in the clinics, which Francie has a better perspective on than I do and probably you do if you're watching this. So go back, watch it, share it.